Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your source for all SEC news, stats, scores, and more. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Brandon Bird, Luke Alsup, and Brad Rush. Welcome, SEC fans. Episode 12, week 11, college football, week 8 for the SEC. What a strange week we had last week and a little stranger one coming up this week. We'll get the fellows talking about it. This episode, this Veterans Day episode, is brought to you by Brothers in Arms. Brothers in Arms is dedicated to educating and supporting the veteran community in order to promote and live healthier lifestyles. On this Veterans Day, remember to serve those who serve us. Healthy, pain-free, and prescription-free living is a journey. Check out brothersinarms.com to start your journey today. As always, I am Brandon Bird, accompanied by Mr. Luke Alsop and Mr. Brad Rush. Fellas, last week was exciting, exciting football, especially the first game. I don't know so much about the Tennessee game, uh, unless you're an Arkansas fan. And just winning an SEC game is uh, very uh, entertaining for an Arkansas fan. That's pretty entertaining for a Tennessee fan here lately, too. <laughs> That's, that is true. As always, we're going to start off with news, jump into rankings, hit our audible of the week, go over last week and this week's game before we call it a night. The news, I'll tell you, this week is a hard week for the SEC, hit with COVID across the board. Auburn and Mississippi State was the first game to uh, announce it being postponed. I myself personally think that Mike Leach pulled a little play from Dan Mullen's playbook uh, and needed the extra time to get ready. Dan Mullen's used that extra time well on the defense, but we'll get into a little later. And, uh, of course, not too long afterwards, A&M had had to shut down practice and didn't know that they were going to play. Now we definitely know that it's postponed. LSU Uh, has also had a positive test from a slew of their starters, and that game will be postponed as well. The SEC has set a threshold for this, guys, of 53 available scholarship athletes in order to compete in play. A couple of their guidelines are players who test positive for COVID-19 must be uh, remain quarantined for 10 days. Players who are considered high risk because of contact Uh, with a suspected positive, must quarantine for 14 days, which is strange. Uh, Here's the thing right here is any additional postponed games like the ones we see this week, I know we saw an original date for the Auburn. um, I think they were saying somewhere the the 5th or 10th or 12th, something like that. Um, As we start to see more postponed games, they're going to have to have a meeting by the the school's presidents to vote on adding an additional day, which would be the December 19th date for makeup games, as the slate is getting full for the weeks prior to that. Crazy, crazy, crazy. We knew that the COVID would come around. The SEC is the first school to really get hit with it hard this week. Um, you know why? Do you not? Do you know why? 
I have the I have the inside scoop here. It's a tale old as time. It's called Halloween costume parties. <laughs> hey, that makes a lot of sense. Hey, yeah. to, uh, to, you know, I mean, when I was in college, bet your uh, sweet butt that on Halloween I was getting uh, dressed up and going to get drunk off my hind end just like everybody else. Yes, sir. I remember those days well. You should. It was just uh, <clears throat> ten days ago for you. <laughs> uh i was just only 14 years to finish i mean i thought i was doing pretty good 15 better than 15 we'll move on to the rankings here guys hey the polls are getting better i don't know if y'all noticed it uh keeping florida out of the top four is an insult a true insult the sec does retain five in the top 25 and should probably not see well <laughs> they shouldn't see any movement this week because they will not be playing a lot of games and the ones that do play uh even if they win they're not really going to move unless here's a big unless notre dame loses to boston college which hey it could happen mm. bc about took care of clemson two weeks ago mm. no I'm ohio playing. state Ohio State loses to Maryland. That's great news. You know, if that happens, you know, that we'll see some movement. Or if Clemson loses to Florida State. Now, that's not going to happen. Florida State still stinks. It's a long shot on every one of those to get some movement up in the SEC in the rankings. But, you know, that's that's okay. So, like, you know how the SEC saying is it just means more? This week, it just means not as much more. You know, this week after just. <laughs> so, of course, Alabama in the top spot, guys. Finally, Alabama in the top spot. Um, little less than 100 points ahead of Notre Dame, sitting uh, now in number two. Ohio State remaining at three. Clemson dropping down just three spots. Uh, you know. If Alabama would have lost to a team that is, let's say, we'll say Notre Dame, you know, I mean, you, Notre Dame, you can't just shy away from them, okay? But I'm trying to think of who to compare them to in the A&M? SEC. Say there's, A&M? A, a new A&M comes in, uh, you know, not from the conference. They, they join this year, and they beat Alabama. Alabama doesn't just drop three spots, you know. Out, they'll, they'll kick Alabama down to seven or eight to spite the SEC, I guess. I I, <laughs> I have no idea why. Well, Texas A&M Notre sitting. Dame. They're going to probably – I'm surprised they don't have Notre Dame ranked uh, number one plus one. Like, I was shocked, too, that they didn't have they number would... one. <laughs> Finally, strength of schedule means something, right, guys? You know? unless, you're, unless you're Notre Dame. I mean, they just – if they just stand there – they can lose one game and they're still in the college playoff final. Texas A&M sitting at number five, moved up from seven. Florida sitting at number six, moved up from eight. Then you get through that whole stupid crap, seven through 12 with Cincinnati, BYU, Miami, um, Indiana, which kudos to Indiana this year, uh, seemed to be playing very well. Oregon with their one win, still sitting at 11. Mm, Georgia. I'd take it. Georgia dropping 
to 12 from 5th. Big, big drop for them. And then a whole bunch of others till we get down to 24 uh, with Auburn remaining at 24, Auburn. I mean, the East is pretty much wrapped up now unless by the, I mean, unless hell freezes over and Tennessee beats Florida. Highly unlikely. (laughs) Highly. Highly, highly unlikely. Guys, just started off for a little bit of discussion. How about we get into this audible right here? You're going to love this one, Luke. Who is the top quarterback? Something we touched on a little bit last week, but I wanted to dive in a little bit more. The quarterback rankings, okay, they're ridiculous right now. So stupid. Let me tell you why. They have Justin Fields listed as number one with a three-game <laughs> sample size. You got to be Jones kidding Mac Jones played me. double games, has 100 more passing attempts, and they put Fields as number one. And what's weird about it is the quarterback rankings are written, they're written and then they're adjusted. So the final number is the adjusted ranking when they throw in the strength of opposing uh, defense. And they still have fields as, as number one. I mean, that blows me away. Maryland's got a good defense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you. You've got Fields, you've got Mac Jones, you've got uh, Mertz out of Wisconsin, and then Trask sitting down there. And your boy, Mr. Uh, Best Quarterback in the Nation, Trevor Lawrence, is sitting in 11th. I mean, uh, who – I mean, did a a three-year-old just pull those names out of a hat and that's the way they ranked them? Because that's about (laughs) as much sense as it makes. Simon, Simon, pick a... I mean, whoever wrote that poll should be fired from their job. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. That's embarrassing. Where's Bo Nix? Oh, you know what? I did not even go for. I mean, that I was up on a teeth. Come on, man! <laughs> oh, you the you the host on the dashboard, man. You'd be on that top of that. Good night. Hold on, I got it right here. Ready? Where do you think? Hold on. Let's let's use this as part of the audible. Where is Bo Nix? So I haven't looked it up yet. No googling. Don't here. don't look it up. I'm don't not, look I, it up. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man I will give of honor. you. I'll give you one more hint no, as I to don't where. Want no no, 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 as to, as to where he would possibly be. And after Kyle Trask being at four, there's the Oregon uh, with, with one game, the Oregon Tyler show on there. Matt Corral from Mississippi is number six. Here's, so here's the rules, Luke. You, you don't Google it either, all right? So he, no, closest, not, to the actual pr- closest to the actual price without going over will win. All right. Would y'all like to hear what his ranking is to give you uh, his his uh, rating is? I'm sorry, to give you a little better. I mean, I kind of want to go. I kind of want Luke to go first, so I can just one dollar him. But uh, <laughs> I knew you're gonna do that. That's why I was holding that <laughs> too. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say he is 29th. And Luke. Kyle, I, I was going to say 29 or 30th, but I, to make it interesting, just not to just $1 him, I'll go with 
Uh, that would have been hilarious if you would have went with 30. <laughs> I'm going to go with with 33rd. So Sam Ellinger is better than him. Peyton Ramsey, did he transfer? Because he was at Indiana last year. And it the, says I don't even know who he is. Never heard of him. The bowl game between Tennessee last year. I drank lots of beers that game, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, Kellen Mond is better than him. Connor Basilak is better than him. Stetson Bennett is better than him. A whole bunch of names that I don't know, including Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati. Mm, the nasty natty. Uh, Zach Wilson at BYU is better than him. Is he 42 is, or 43 years old? Tua's to little brother is better than him. I think he just threw another touchdown, by the way. Well, then he's climbed even more. Number 36, Bo Nix with Dang a 75.2 adjusted yeah. ranking. His raw is 66.1. I got another one for you. One more. Garantano. Where does Garantano fall in this? Same rules apply, Luke. You go first this time. All right. I'm going to go. God, later. Uh, let's see. We'll go 41st. Oh, that's too low. That's way too low. He's in, I think, I think he's like 72. Well, that might be a little high, but that's how bad I think he is. Final answer? Yeah. Oh, I'm sticking with answer 72. Okay. Well, Price is Right rules means that you have overbid. Yeah, I'd bust it, so i lose. So, 66 Damn. is Garrett Garantano. <laughs> Only worse than him, Terry Wilson at 70. Okay. And Colin Hill at 80. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the writing's on the wall. Uh and and Will Rogers, which he's only seen just this past weekend. And and Seals from Vanderbilt is at ninety four. I mean Vanderbilt doesn't even I mean it's probably like a fullback that they converted to a quarterback. <laughs> that was fun. Great audible. I love uh love the, the game show audible. We'll have to I'll have another one for, for next week for that. That's guessing the stat guessing game and we'll have to queue up a little bit of, of uh prices right music you better, next you better uh, make sure you have your pet spayed or neutered thank you <laughs> last week guys we'll start it off with the best game of the week florida putting it to georgia 44 to 28 Luke Trask and company rally behind from a quick 14-0 start from Georgia. Trask goes 30 for 43, 474 yards, four touchdowns from Mr. Young Trask. Pierce had 15 carries on the ground for 52 yards of touchdown. Pitts was helpful in the beginning, of course, but the um, game ball... <laughs> goes to Davis, who recorded five receptions for 100 yards. Stetson Bennett only going five for 16, 78 yards and a touchdown and an interception before leaving the game in the injury. 
Uh, Zamir White, seven carries, 107 yards on those seven carries. That's fantastic with a touchdown. No offense, guys. No offense for either team in the second half. A combined total of 13 points in the second half. Luke, your Gators looked fantastic. Uh, Defense and uh, that explosive offense, they took care of business when they needed to take care of it. Uh, I don't know if in the second half they just felt like they were so far ahead that they started sticking in some young guys to get some playing time, but boy, they sure looked good. Yeah, they did. I I mean, the defense looked fantastic. I mean, what they did is they just – they decided they they pushed all their chips in and said we are going to stop the run and we're going to force Stetson Bennett to beat us. And yeah, Zamir White, yeah, he had 107 yards on 15. Uh, let's see, on seven carries, but on one of those carries was the very first play of the game, which was for I think a 78 yard touchdown run. Um, that's 75 yeah, 75, 75. Yeah. 75 yards okay yeah so so you know they basically shut georgia's run game down and um and, and yeah stetson bennett did not have a good game uh even before he got hurt he did he was not having a good game his you know in all fairness to him though George's receivers were not holding up their end of the bargain. I mean, I saw, I can count at least a half a dozen plays and probably four of those came in the first half where, uh, you know, Bennett hit his receivers right in the hand for, you know, sizable gains and they dropped the ball. Um, so they, their offense did not have a good game whatsoever. And, you know, I've got a serious problem with those rankings as far as the quarterbacks are concerned because, I mean, honestly, I think, and I this I am a little biased, but I think without Jalen Waddle at Alabama, I think Florida has the best offense. I think their their offense is better than Alabama. I really believe that. Now they don't have they don't have Najee Harris in the backfield. You know, um, they're they're piecing together their running backs um, to you know get fresh legs in and get yards when they can, uh, trying to wear the defense down a little bit. But Florida's passing attack is just with Kyle Pitts in the game. I, I don't know how they're. It, it, anybody's going to be able to stop them. If they wouldn't have knocked Pitts out with that targeting call in the first half, you know, they could have scored probably two more touchdowns. You know, it, it seemed like they just moved the ball at will against Georgia. And it, uh, it made that Georgia defense look really, really bad. And yeah, Georgia's defense didn't catch any breaks with having to be on the field so much because of how bad their offense played. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Florida's offense, I, I think, is the best in the conference. And um, until they show me otherwise, I'm going to kind of stick with that. 
Uh, but like I said, I think if Jalen Waddle was at Alabama, that I would give Alabama a slight edge. But um, but I you know the way Florida's offense is playing, I think everybody wants to see them in Alabama play because it's going to be a high scoring and entertaining game like the Ole Miss game was. But Florida's defense is better than Ole Miss's defense, so. If they can hold on and win out, then they will have a chance to play Alabama, and that is a game that everybody is going to want to see. Dan Mullen's uh, press conference afterwards, I was really expecting the um, excitement that he puts off <laughs> in most of his press conferences or or just you know the interviews right after the game. He was a little little toned down and was very respectful. Dan Mullen's had this to say. Well, you know what? I mean, it feels great, obviously, uh, winning this big time, big time game. Um, it's put us in a good, a decent position. It's put us in a position to get ready to go beat our. We got Arkansas in seven days. That's that's what it's put us in a position, dude, to go have to go beat them seven days from now. But uh, uh, but besides that, beat you know, I mean, right at the, at the midpoint of the season, we're in first place in the East. So uh, big win, and uh, you know, I, I'm really proud of how our guys played and responded. Uh, you know, against one of the, the the top top defenses and top overall teams in the country. Uh, you know, with with the, the the game, how it played out last year, you're looking at it, and if it's going to be that type of game, we we're, we wanted to try to play with a lead, uh, you know, and force to to kind of extend the game, not let them slow the game down. But uh, uh, obviously, you know, I mean, uh, we, we we didn't get lined up the right way on the first play. We gave up a 75 yard touchdown. They have explosive players, uh, you know. Then they convert a pass and and, and score again, uh, down 14 nothing. And I think you know our guys were kind of a little, you know, maybe shell shocked coming out. Uh, at that point of what was going on, but but we did a nice job, settled down. Nobody panicked. I was, just, I don't think I was just kind of like whoa. Um, but I think once we went down, got that first offensive touchdown. Uh, I think the attitude on our sideline changed, and and everybody kind of remembered, hey, you know what, we we can play pretty good defense and get eleven guys running the ball as hard as we can, and we have the we can score points. And uh, I think everybody kind of all, all of a sudden realized hey, we're we're fine, we're going to be okay in this game. And uh, you know, we came back and and uh, we got hot offensively, and and guys started making plays. Boy, when those receivers of Georgia are not catching balls, what do you, what do you feel Stetson Bennett uh, in the locker room at halftime's going? <laughs> Guys, I already can't see over the line. I'm putting the ball where it should be, and you can't catch it. <laughs> yeah, and he would have a legitimate argument because, I mean, he knew it, Kirby Smart knew it, everybody else knew it, that Florida was going to be able to score points, and – Georgia had to perform offensively if they wanted to keep up. And, you know, I'm sure Georgia did exactly what they've been doing. 28. Uh, if Brad, am, am I mistaken? 28 is that's usually their average. Yeah. I mean, their offense is not that great. But when their defense runs up against an offense like Florida, you'd think uh, they wouldn't give up 44. But, I mean, it's hard to stop that offense right now. They're playing really well. We also have a little bit here from Kirby Smart uh, after taking the loss. Kirby was uh, asked about the game, and this is what he said. Um, yeah, I'll open him with um, give Dan and his staff credit, give Florida credit. I always open with a game like that to give them credit for having a good plan uh, offensively and defensively. I thought they did a good job, you know, trying to make us one-dimensional in terms of some of the different defenses they played, and then offensively with a lot of eye candy and motions. Uh, that obviously we didn't handle well. I always say, if somebody beats you, 
man to man and you got them covered and you can't get the ball out, you know, that's going to happen with the way we play defense. But when you let people score with nobody around and nobody, nobody there, uh, it's not good. And we had too many of those today where they didn't, they didn't beat us. We gave it to them uh, from our defense. And it'll be a game for me that's missed opportunities. You know, I thought that we missed a lot of opportunities. Uh, I felt like defense and offense. I mean, I felt like we dropped a couple picks that could have been big plays. Um, and then obviously offensively, I felt like we missed a lot of open shots. And um, that's the toughest thing. Um, I thought Stetson did some good things early. Um, and uh, then he took a hit. He had a separated shoulder. He wanted to keep playing. He came in, got a shot. Uh, he was able to come back, um, but I didn't think he was real effective when he came back. And he, he, he was timid with it. Didn't think he had great accuracy. So we decided to go with DeWan. And I thought DeWan did some good things. Uh, he, he, he made some mistakes, but he did some good things, and he, he still gained experience. But overall, I give Florida credit, and I uh, think they did a good job and, and physically beat us today. Yeah, Coach, I got a little bit of news for you. Uh, DeWan did look pretty decent uh for for coming off the bench and playing cold but bennett having some great things early five for 16 and 78 yards during his playing time no he didn't look good early i can tell you that right now (laughs) that was kirby smart saying in the most uh, most southern gentleman way that we didn't play very good i'm not i'm gonna it's like he's telling him i'm giving him credit but he doesn't really mean it you know that's like that's like your girlfriend or wife saying, no, no, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. But when she really means she don't want you to do it. She, he was just saying, giving them all the credit in the world, saying, oh, they had all this stuff. But then, you know, he dropped the, oh, well, they had eye candy. And, well, we dropped some picks. And, well, y'all, this, that, and the other, you know. So, I mean, he, I think he was just more saying that uh, we didn't play our best. If we would have played our best, we would have beat him. That's what I think he was saying in a uh, in a roundabout way. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Brad. But I tell you what, I'm. You can go ahead and put me down on the record at saying this right now. Kirby Smart, it's gonna be on the hot seat sooner rather than later. I mean, Georgia fans <laughs> are already furious. At Kirby. They're the meanest in the SEC. I can promise you that. Well, and and they actually have a legitimate gripe because. You know, Jake from he he was a he was a great quarterback at Georgia, but Kirby made a huge mistake when he did not allow Justin Fields to get more playing time while he was at Georgia. And if he would have allowed Fields at least put him into games, you know, where at least he felt like part of the offense, maybe he doesn't leave Georgia and maybe He's still at Georgia, and they've got Justin Fields as their quarterback this year and that defense, and you're looking at a team that is a playoff contender. So, you know, uh, Georgia fans are already not happy, Um, and, yeah, they are pretty – they're fickle fans. Um, Mark Richt, his whole tenure there. uh, That's what uh, I was about to say was, uh, is this Mark Richt in disguise? I, well, I mean, his Kirby Smart and Mark Rick exact, in disguise. I mean, he has almost the exact same record as Rick did, and so, um, you know, and it, it, if they had some big name 
prospect quarterback sitting on the bench as a freshman, then I think it would be a different story, but they don't. And um, until they get that, you know, uh, if Georgia loses one more game, yeah, if Georgia loses one more game this season, you're going to start hearing some rumblings down there in Athens. Even more so than now. You think they'll take Jeremy Pruitt? You think they'll take Jeremy Pruitt? <laughs> <laughs> we negotiate a trade. <laughs> we we owe you one for Cade Mays. Yeah, Cade, and Mays Tim Chaney. Not, Cade Mays is not that good. <laughs> exactly. Moving on to the next game, the Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. You know, Vandy at 17, Mississippi State 24. True freshman Will Rogers taking the snaps for Mississippi State. He went 35 for 46, 226 yards and a touchdown. Only six carries for 10 yards and a touchdown for Marks of Mississippi State. But he did receive seven receptions, setting a school record for a a running back. Uh, with receptions for Mississippi State. For a team that forced five turnovers, guys, Mississippi State forces five turnovers. They really didn't capitalize on them to only have 24 points. Vanderbilt uh, Seals went 31 for 46, 336 yards a touchdown. But as we said, those turnovers, three of those were interceptions. Henry Brooks with 20 carries for 115 yards and a touchdown. The take uh, you take away the Vanderbilt slow start. You know, first and second quarter putting up big goose eggs. Take away that slow start, and I think they could have walked away with their first victory. Brad, I mean, I mean, yeah, I guess you could you could say that, but you could say if 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 you know if Mississippi State didn't start off hot. Vanderbilt still could have pulled off. You know what I'm saying? I I don't know. It's I think Mark or uh, Mark Leach. Yeah, he's got to um he's going to have to go out and recruit the guys that he needs for his system. I mean, he's still pretty green at Mississippi State. Um, Vanderbilt, you know who they they are, who we thought they are. They they're just they're not good. They're they're not they're never going to be really good at football. Um, the the mathematicians don't play football. You know what I mean? So, um. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't watch the game, but I'm sure it was as boring as I thought it was. The the best part of this game is the press conference afterwards with Mark Leach, which fans we will retweet uh, Twitter at SEC Fan Talk and tell me weigh in on it and let me know. I think Mark Leach looks like maybe a troll underneath a bridge. I mean, he's nutter than a squirrel turd. So, <laughs> I mean, they call him a genius. I, I mean, there, there's that's a there's a fine line between genius and nutty. It, it, there is, yes. <laughs> Luke, I'm sure you didn't watch this game either. There, <laughs> 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 uh... um, no, you know, no, I, I didn't watch it either. Um, you know, Mississippi State. You know, everybody got hyped up again. So, you know, because after that first game of the season, and it's, you know, that just, should, for one thing, it just proved how bad LSU really is. And, um, you know, Mississippi State has just been downhill ever since. Um, they went on a, what, a four game losing skid. And, 
it was pretty bad beatings every time. Um, they got lucky and got Vanderbilt last week. So to help try to boost them a little bit, get them at least a little bit of confidence. But yeah, I agree with both of y'all. If Vandy would have cut, would have at least come out uh, to a little bit better start, then yeah, you, you, you're talking about a totally different ball game. The, I'm trying to think of the name of the brothers on the Little Giants. O'Hare, the O'Hare brothers. Fumble Ruski, Fumble Ruski. That that was this game, Little Giants, <laughs> and the Little Cowboys. That's 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 the best part of that whole movie. Fumble Ruski, Fumble Ruski. Our next game with fifth ranked now Texas A&M, forty-eight, putting a beating on South Carolina with only three points. South Carolina, guys, they've only beat da, 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 Vanderbilt and Auburn this year, which that's a really, you know, I guess uh, the ones that are on the payroll from Auburn were not officiating that game. Uh, probably not. I mean, it's, it's bad when Tennessee beats you, let's just be honest. A&M's domination begins and ends with Mond going 16 for 26, 224 yards, four touchdown throws. Spiller on the ground with 18 carries for 131 yards. By the way, okay, 18 carries, 131 yards. Spiller went down with an injury in the third. He went into the tent for a little bit. He was told he could resume play, but when you have a 28-0 lead, do you put him back in? You don't. You don't. Now you hit the Colin, showers. You hit the showers. Yeah, you're done. You're done. Colin Hill went eight for twenty-one. Uh, I think he may be Garantano's long lost cousin. Eight for twenty-one, sixty-six yards with two interception before he was plucked. <laughs> Gamecocks. I see what and, you did. There. I see you did. And, <laughs> and replaced with Helensky, who went four for six on his short time. Guys, South Carolina was reduced to. 58 yards of rushing and 100 yards of receiving. Is Texas A&M the best contender in the West to Alabama? I mean, they'd have to be. Who else would it be? Who yeah, else? I mean, I mean, they are they are now. Um, you know, Al- to me, Alabama got fortunate by playing A&M early in the season. Early, uh, yep. yes. Yeah, um, so, you know, A&M just keeps getting better and better every week. And, you know, I take back everything that I bad that I said about them earlier in the season because they, they are, they're just, they're just getting better and better. Now, you know, this was a hugely lopsided game, but what I'm looking at further down the road is, okay, so let's play this scenario out. Let's say Texas A&M wins out. Let's say Florida wins out. Florida goes to play Alabama in a SEC championship game and say Florida only loses to Alabama by a touchdown. Does Florida or Texas A&M get screwed by going to the playoffs because they're going to try to let both Notre Dame and Clemson in if they both go undefeated? So... I'm just looking at this further down the road, and it just seems to me like either Texas A&M or Florida is going to get shafted um, at the end of the year. Now, that's 
that's under the consideration that Florida actually plays Alabama really close uh, in the SEC championship game. And, and you know, that's, these could be mute points because uh, either one of them could get beat throughout the rest of the season. Um, but it, it's not looking like it. So, you know, that's just going to be something that, you know, to keep an eye on as the season goes on. You got to remember, Luke, the Florida stuff to play Tennessee. That's true. That was that was that, that was me making a joke about how how bad Tennessee is. I, I guess it didn't hit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I mean, the, I mean, the college what? football. Play, <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> college football commit playoff committee guys. They really, really messed up. They really messed up. But this was the season. Even if it was just for the season. This was the season that you try the expanded playoffs. Uh, even if you say it's a one-year deal, we're not going to extend it, it may have gone so well that you do extend it in the future, and who knows where we're going to be at next year. You know, they're already talking about uh, a COVID vaccine and all that. Hey, but we've seen I Am Legend, right? I think they have a vaccine and we all turn into zombies. It's a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just giving a scenario here. <laughs> But so, you know, but you know, you know that the that the committee is going to take a one loss Ohio State team over Florida or A and M. They're also oh, going yes. to, they're also going to take a one loss team from the left coast, Oregon, somebody out there. That they're going to take one of those teams out there over a one over a Florida or A and M. See, I think when it comes down to it, I I think the Pac twelve is going to be left out entirely. I don't think they're going to have enough games on their resume for any of them to make a legitimate uh, gripe about being into the playoffs. Now, Ohio State – If they, if yeah, they get to they, play eight ball games, Yeah, I, and even still, I think that's a big if because the Pac-12 is not that good. I mean, you, you do – I mean, I, I just don't think there's one team in the Pac-12 that's good enough – to beat every other Pac-12 team they play by enough points to justify them getting into the playoffs on such a small schedule. Um, I, I'm, I think it's much more likely that we're either going to see um, – uh, uh, I, I just think there's going to be two one-loss teams that are going to be put ahead of any Pac-12 team going into the, to the playoffs. Oklahoma State, maybe. Well, the the back to what you said, Brett. The Pac-12 is only playing six games, so it's. I, I do think that they need to be left out of it. You can't take half the sample size. That's not quite half, but you can't take half the sample size and say that they're deserving of it. They're, I mean, they got a late start because they couldn't get things going out there. It's, it's, you know, sorry. Glad you got to play football. Sorry, you're you're. You know, you can't be considered for a playoff. Anybody want to take that bet that an undefeated Pac-12 team makes it? I mean, I'll take hey, that. With, bet. with, with six, how the uh, quarterback rankings and the and the AP rankings are, and all that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to take the bet. I mean, because there's no telling. A six and zero Oregon team will get the nod. I promise. No, I mean, I think if I, I, to me. Here's the problem. If they do that, and I mean, it's good. 
the only argument Oregon would have is if, or some a team like Oregon, is if they literally go out and beat every team they play by 35 points or more and actually look like they're a caliber team that could play. But if they don't do that and they, if they, if if they look like just an average team who goes undefeated and they let them in over a one loss Florida or a one loss A and M or you know a one of those two teams are a hell of who knows even a one loss Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. I think that the playoff committee would lose like almost all their credibility. I mean, people would tune out of those games. I think at a record number. Um, I think that I just think they would lose all their credibility if they if they are going to allow a Pac-12 team in there off six games. They're going to follow the money, though. You know that. And there's money out there, especially with Oregon. Yeah, you do. Man, yeah, you, you UNC's do. like University of Tennessee. They hadn't been good in a long time, since the mid early 2000s. Yeah, but I, think, I just think that the whole college football world is just going to be clamoring, you know, if, if Florida keeps, you know, putting up 45, a game and Texas A&M keeps putting up 45 points a game in the SEC you know people are going to be like look those teams deserve to be there more than any of those others and I'm just praying that Notre Dame gets beat at some point during this season because if they don't it's just going to be the same old crap that we see every time Notre Dame makes the playoffs. They're going to go back and they're going to play Clemson with a healthy Trevor Lawrence and they're going to get beat by 30 points. Or, you know, they're going to play Alabama and get beat by 30 points. And, or they'll Ohio get drones State. by Alabama for sure. Yeah. I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, they kill. I mean, it's, it, it it'll just be a bloodbath. And, so, I, I, and honestly, I think like half the college football world is hoping that Notre Dame gets beat because they're they're tired of seeing them, you know, look their way uh, into the playoffs and uh, and just get annihilated year after year. The luck of the Irish, touchdown, Jesus. The last game of last week, as Brad would call this, a big old stinker. <laughs> yep, and <laughs> snooze fest. Snooze fest. Yeah, I like stinker better. I like stinker better. Stinker's a good one. Tennessee putting up thirteen points in the in the first half dominated the line of scrimmage. Had Eric Gray just one after another, wham, bam, wham, bam. He, uh, he was the only one out there. Um, they, had, they put in a freshman, and they had uh, the graduate transfer junior, Jones Jr. Bob, um, uh, v. Jones Jr., what's his name? Is it, uh, Victor? No, it's not Victor. I can't remember what his name is. I don't know how you say How do you say this? V-E-L-U-S, Velas? Yes. Um, had him in for a couple, but they did not have Ty Chandler due to a ankle injury. Felipe Franks showing off his arm, going 18 for 24. Some amazing deep bombs that guy can throw. 215 yards, three touchdowns. He was sacked a few times, guys. The the defense of Tennessee looked really good. They forced a fumble or two on it, but they could never recover it. 
Jared Garantano went, ready, sit down, wait for this stat, five for eight through two and a half quarters and 42 yards. Now, he didn't have to throw it because they were effectively running the ball the first half. Gray had 31 carries, 123 yards, and a touchdown. Here's where you know you had a problem. He was also the leading receiver um, with three receptions, 27 yards. And all of those came within that last horrible two-minute offense by Harrison Bailey, where we just dump it down the middle, and they're just letting them, you know, go ahead, run the clock out. Uh, bad coaching, a, a bunch of bad calls, uh, bad coaching all around. How you come out of the tunnel after halftime and go three straight three and outs. Your run game has stopped. You, you know, what What are you doing? What is Jim Chaney doing out there? Jeremy Pruitt had a little bit to say. You know, when you look at this game, um, first of all, you got to give credit to Arkansas. Um, they really outplayed us in the second half, um, outscored us, um, you know, in, in fact, shut us out the second half. So um, not a very good job there. We got to do a much better job coming out at halftime. You know, but if you look at this game, um, to me, there's lots of things that we've got to do, uh, obviously, uh, to correct. Uh, first thing is, is we got to play a lot cleaner game. All right? And that, that's, that starts with me, uh, starts with the coaching staff. Um, and we didn't play very good the second half at times. Um, gave up a couple of big plays defensively. You know, again, just, uh, you know, reverse in the first half. Um, you know, they, they bolted a guy and guy across the middle right there uh, again in the first half. 16 catches the ball down the sideline on a busted play when they had all day because uh, we we don't rush. Our outside backer doesn't rush there. Uh, so the quarterback held the ball for a long time, but you still should be able to match the patterns there. You know, give up a nine ball when we got a guy double covered. Um, you know, we got to play better technique. Uh, but, you know, so I thought that defensively, uh, even though those things uh, happen, I thought the kids fought trying to finish. There's four balls on the ground. We get zero of them. Uh, and, you know, and then offensively, um, just, you know, first half we controlled the ball, knocking them off. But, you know, there's there's two or three plays in the first half um, where we don't do very well on first down. Um whether it's not blocking the right guy or not finishing on a guy that where we end up having to kick field goes, if we just stay on the guy, we got a chance to end up with 21 points instead of 13. So you got to score touchdowns um, when you get down there close, and we didn't do that. Brad, if you are taking a shot every time Pruitt says, uh, how messed up are you after a 10-minute conference? You, you tore up from the floor up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think Chaney understands. He sees the writing on the wall. He's like, uh, he's real nervous because, I mean, he, he wants to score points, right? But he doesn't want to throw the football. Because if he throws the football, he's going to get some touchdown passes for the other team. Um, I, th I think that's the issue we have. I, I think you just keep trotting Bailey out there, let him get some snaps, let him get hit a couple times, um, you know, maybe make a play or two, maybe, you know, turn the team towards his favor, him take control of it, be a leader. That's Garantano's probably biggest downfall 
I mean, he's he's you know he's he's like a sheep among lions. You know what I mean? He can't he doesn't lead the team very well. He's not very vocal. He sits on the bench. He he why he whines he pouts, from what I can tell anyway. Um, but I mean, it's just sad that when you come into a season thinking that you're on the up, which Tennessee's been on the up since '99. Um, you know, and then they just they they break your heart every year. I think I think it's time to change something. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt. There's no way he gets fired. There's no way he loses his job. Um, but I think you got to you just got to tell Garantano, thank you for uh, we appreciate your uh, your customer your business, but we don't need you anymore. You know what I mean? So when you're put him out the pasture, he's not going to go to the pros. Make get, get your degree, man. You know, get you a oh, job. He, get he you got jo- it last year. Yeah, get your job. Get your job in sales. You know, just like everybody else in the world, go have a family. Uh, but it's, it's time to hang it up and let, let Bailey at least try to learn to lead a team. You know, you know what I'm saying? Take, you know, take some hits, throw some picks, but, you know, maybe make a heat up and make a game out of it and maybe he'll learn stuff from it. He has thrown two picks. He did it on Saturday. And one of the reasons why Pruitt is not big on sticking in a freshman quarterback, and he says, which this could be the problem of Garantano, is Garantano got rattled early. You know, we've said this before. His his he came Butch Jones put him in uh too early, so Pruitt feels. And then his next year as starting quarterback, he has no offensive line and he's getting just he's getting rattled. And so now he makes bad choices. Uh scared, he doesn't run. He's the a ball mental midget. That's what that means. It, You're it, a mental yes. midget. And so He's afraid that the same thing is going to happen to Harrison. No, it's going to happen. He's going to transfer. That's what's going to happen. One of the things y'all brought up earlier is Kirby Smart and the Georgia fan base going nuts. Uh, Tennessee fan base is doing the same. And if Vanderbilt gets its one and only SEC win against Tennessee this year, which they've been known, you know, Tennessee's been known to lose to Vanderbilt over the past five, six years. They've been known to lose to everybody. Um, you know, Pruitt will most definitely be the hot seat. What I have to say to Tennessee fans is slow yourself down. Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. is left out there that's going to take the job? And this goes for Georgia fans too. Who is left out there that's going to take the job that's going to do any better? And here's here's something for you here. Head coach before they won their first national championship, Nick Saban, 10 years. Bear Bryant, 17 years. Dabo Sweeney, 9 years. Urban Meyer, 6 years. Vince Dooley, 17 years. Ed Ogeron, 8 years. Kirby is just in his 5th year, and he's... Built up a tremendous program. He inherited a good program, but he's added to that program with the exception of not having a quarterback. Which I, yeah, that that writing is he's he's going to have to find him somebody and find him quick and give uh, you know promise promises mama and daddy everything in the world to get him in. Uh, Vols fans, same situation, guys. There's you're not going to get anyone better. I I think defensively Pruitt is going to pull it together 
he's put in a lot of the right people. I mean, he mm-hmm. his offseason, preseason, I mean, it's just articles after articles of his fantastic hires and how Tennessee's going to benefit from this. And, um, you know, we just – he's got to have time. And Phil Fulmer sees the potential in him, and which is why he got his contract extension without question. And – He's Phil's guy, and Phil's going to stand up for him. And the University of Tennessee is not going to go past Phil or um, do to Phil what they've already done to him once. No, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, you got to give some time. But the, the problem that we're living in, especially in the SEC, is what have you done for me lately? That's You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's, that's what have how you done works. for me this Saturday? Yeah, like it's it's a Saturday at a time. I mean, I'm not an anti-Pruitt guy. I mean, I've even seen some stuff on the internet where some people are saying we should have hired Greg Schiano. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were looking at Mike Leach. <laughs> no, thank you. I don't want that nut job coaching my team. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, look, the Pruitt's got Philip Former running blocker for him. Um, I mean, this happens after three more seasons, then yes, I can see him being on the hot seat. Um, maybe even two. But, I mean, he's got good hires. He's recruiting very well. We just got to do what Tennessee's always had a problem here in the past 10 years, and that's turning these recruits into good players. I mean, they come in good, but when you come into a team that you're the best player on your high school team, you get to the SEC, everybody was the best player on their high school team. So, you know, the talent, we just got to learn how to turn that talent and, you know, get the get the most out of it, you know, just grow the player. Guys, do we want to jump in to this week's picks? <laughs> sure. Our first game, the noon Eastern on ESPN, University of Georgia at the Mizzou Tigers. The spread on this is 11 and a half, and Georgia is the favorite. Luke? Where do you start out with these guys? Wow. Well, you know, honestly, I think this is going to be a pretty good ball game, in my opinion. I I don't know why I say that. Um, Mainly, it's because of that poor performance Georgia put together uh, offensively um, against, against Florida. And... You know, what do, What does that do to the psyche of that team knowing uh, now they know that any hopes that have, they had of making it to Atlanta pretty much all but disappeared last Saturday. So, you know, what did they do moving forward? And, you know, Missouri, Missouri is a is in my opinion, a better team than their two and three record indicates. Um, at, at times, I should there should be an asterisk at times. Um, so I think Missouri actually plays a pretty good game, um, but uh, I, I still think Georgia pulls it out in the end. Um, I'm going to go with a. I'm going to get a 24-21 ball game, Georgia. 
Mm. A lot of it depends on Stetson Bennett. Is he playing? Does anybody know? I don't know yet. It has not uh, been. Yeah, announced. I don't know. I mean, if Dewan, because, I'll tell you this: if Dewan Mathis is the one that's at quarterback, I mean, honestly, I give Missouri a fifty-fifty chance to win that game. Because I don't. Once again, I have. I mean, I'm a redneck anyway, so I have very hard pronunciating normal words, much less the quarterback for the Missouri's last name, Connor Basilak. Basilak, there it is. Stetson Bennett has only thrown sixty-six more yards than Connor Connor Basilak. So take that for what it's worth. Um. I don't think it's close, though. I don't think Missouri's going to be able to score. I think even though if Georgia does have to run out Mathis, they'll just pound it on the ground all day. Um, 28-3, Georgia. 28-3? Mark it down. I'm picking the upset on that one and going Mizzou 28-27 just because I, I think Georgia falls apart. I think Georgia's going to come back being mean, mad, upset. Our other 12 o'clock Eastern game on the SEC Network is Vanderbilt at University of Kentucky. Kentucky's going to go 38-17 on this one. Brad, what do you think? Uh, I have no idea. Um, eh. Hmm. 28-7, Kentucky. I wrote your name in the spot for the team. I put Brad's going to go 28-7. Hey, I mean, I could I could probably go out there and, you know, coach Kentucky and beat Vanderbilt. <laughs> Luke, who do you think? I'm going to go – this one's going to be ugly – I'm gonna go a seventeen to nine game. Fandy just kicks that, that is ugly. Just letting you know, Wilson had, on the year Wilson has uh, six hundred two yards in the air. Just letting you know, and that is a seventeen point spread favored by Kentucky. Our uh, next game, Brad. <laughs> Had a little breaking news here for you. Um, it's the oldest trick in the book, but I'm bringing good news on this year on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ year 2020. The University of Tennessee Vols will not lose a ball game this weekend. <laughs> the oldest trick in the book. The oldest trick in the book. Which... Which moves us to the Auburn at Mississippi State. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that one's postponed. Texas A&M, Tennessee postponed. We don't have a date on it. Uh, Auburn at Mississippi State postponed to December the 12th. Uh, the <laughs> That joke was so bad it was good. The next one. <laughs> the Alabama at LSU on CBS has been postponed as well with no date. <laughs> that would have been a stinker too. Leaving the last two games, 7 o'clock and 7.30 Eastern. The first one, Arkansas at Florida on ESPN. Florida favored by 17 and a half. Uh, they're definitely going to do that. I think they put Arkansas, take the wind out of their sails, put them in their place, and Florida is going to go 45-21. 
I mean, I agree Florida's going to win. Uh, Pittman is out with COVID, by the way, guys, if you didn't see that. Um, I think it's going to be a blowout. When I say Pittman, I mean Arkansas's uh, – is that their head coach? I don't even know. Yeah, head coach. Woo pig, yeah. woo pig. Yeah, I mean, I, I really know what's going on out there in the – in the the vat, I mean the the you know God's country of Arkansas, not. Um, but it's going to be a blowout, forty two seven, Gators. Ooh, that's a that is a beating. I'd like to see a forty two seven game. Actually, no. I mean, I I wouldn't. I would like to see it, at least it be somewhat entertaining, and I think. Arkansas is going to keep it somewhat entertaining. Um, you know, Franks and, the, and company, those guys, you know, they know that they're going to be completely outmatched against Florida, but that's not going to stop them from believing that they can win that game. And, uh, you know, I still think it's going to be a beating Uh I'm surprised the spread is as is as low as it is, but I'm gonna go uh, forty-five twenty-four. Speaking of taking a beating, that last game, South Carolina at Ole Miss. Uh, <laughs> after I think South Carolina covers exactly what they did last week. The spread is eleven points favored for Mississippi I think they go way past that Ole Miss is um, you know pretty pretty powerful on offense and South Carolina just has nothing I think they repeat their score of three for this week and Ole Miss puts up 35 Mm. you go ahead Luke I don't know I'm still thinking yeah this one's it's a tough one to call I mean I mean, to me, Ole Miss has clearly got the better team. Um, But, you know, every year South Carolina will play one or two games where, you know, they end up beating a team that they probably shouldn't beat, and this might be one of those games. They've they've Um, already done that. They beat Auburn this year. They've already already cashed that check. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, do they have one more in them? Um, Yeah. you know, I'm still taking Ole Miss in this game just because South Carolina's um, – I mean, South Carolina should be able to score points against Ole Miss's defense, uh, but I don't think they're going to be able to match them point for point. So I'm going to say it's going to be a 35-24 ball game, Ole Miss. You talk me into it, Luke. You talk me into it. Um, talking about score-wise, I knew the whole time Ole Miss was going to win. I didn't know how bad, how close, you know, what it was going to be. Ole Miss has a really good offense. South Carolina doesn't have a good anything. Um, I mean, I, I feel bad because I, I'm I don't want to I don't want to go what everybody else does because I was I was going to say thirty five fourteen. Ah, uh, thirty-five, fourteen. That's what I'm gonna say. There you go. Yeah, go with your gut there. <laughs> go with your gut there. Picks are in. 
Signed, sealed, delivered, just to let you know, last week, Luke and I both with two of those correct picks, Brad with just one, and guest host Ricky Lowe from Florida with two correct ones. That puts us at an overall 24 for myself, 28 for Luke, uh, 26 for Brad. Luke leading it out mm. here in the East. <laughs> eh. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe uh, maybe I had a little luck on my side considering I, I picked Georgia to win last week. So my 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 score is kind of like my uh, fantasy football team, mediocre at best. Mediocre at best. <laughs> Fans, we want to thank you for tuning in to this episode, week eleven of the college football series, week eight of SEC play. Remember to follow us online. Twitter at SEC Fan Talk. That's the same for Facebook and Instagram. Want to get involved in the show? Sign up. Send us a message, however you please, to um, be, get on a show and announce with us. Just drop us a simple line. It's real easy. You do it from home. We want to thank the ones that have already come and do that. And uh, guys, another another halfway decent week of football coming up uh, hopefully hopefully no more uh, no more teams fall out before weekend i just or i do want to say, can i say one more thing real quick sorry sure. to interrupt you i'm just going to let you know that uh the way it looks the reason the tennessee games postponed is cause a&m and the reason the alabama game is postponed is cause lsu just just want to just throw that little tidbit of information out there <laughs> that is correct maybe we paid a&m we don't know Fans, thank you again for listening. Tune in next week for uh, hopefully a better list of games. Hopefully. It just means more. Yeah, go Gators. (laughs) 